you are listening to Survive and Thrive, Managing Life with Adult ADHD. Adults affected by ADHD will be helped to succeed, enjoying their life in the process. Hosted by Abigail Wirf, coach, author, and speaker. Abigail's focus is helping adults with ADHD live their best lives professionally and personally. Hi, I'm Abigail Wirf, and welcome to Survive and Thrive, Managing Life with Adult ADHD. This podcast episode is being published in February 2018 as a part of a series about ADHD and relationships. In podcast episode 026 last week, I discussed ADHD and relationships in general. This week is ADHD and romantic relationships. Next week will be ADHD and our relationship with money, following the next week by ADHD and relating to family, including parenting. For those of you new to this podcast, I'm an ADHD coach who works with individuals and couples affected by ADHD. I am also the author of the book, Forget Perfect, How to Succeed in Your Profession and Personal Life Even If You Have ADHD. This book is available at my website, abigailworth.com forward slash book, or you can go straight to Amazon. I mention my book because I go more in detail on the relationships topics I am covering this month in the book than I have time to cover on each of these podcast episodes. But as I said, the book is called Forget Perfect, How to Succeed in Your Profession and Personal Life, Even If You Have ADHD. And I want you to remember that title of Forget Perfect, because this podcast will be perfect. And it's very much my philosophy that in order to get stuff done, you sometimes just have to forget perfect and get it done. So there's a lot of notes involved in this um, episode. So you'll, you'll hear a little paper wrestling and things like that. And I apologize. But to me, the most important thing is to get this done and out. There is a cheat sheet for this podcast episode that can be found at abigailworth.com forward slash cheat sheet 027. abigailworth.com forward slash cheat sheet 027. The cheat sheet has a partial transcript of the major content from this podcast, plus the list of sites and books to support you and your issues related to ADHD and romance. Now to the topic. ADHD and romantic relationships. For the purposes of this discussion, I refer the partner not affected by ADHD as the non-ADHDer and the partner affected by ADHD as the ADHDer. While I dislike these terms because people are more than just their ADHD, it makes delineations clearer when discussing couples affected by ADHD. What happens when two people affected by ADHD get together in a relationship? Is it any different than when an ADHD -er and a non ADHD -er get together? Well, many of the issues are the same. So let's address some of the problems of an unequal relationship. Usually, one person is more affected by ADHD than the other. The less affected partner takes the role usually played by the non-ADHDer in a relationship, the role of de facto parent. The de facto parent role happens because it appears to the non-ADHDer that the ADHDer is not carrying their weight in the relationship. The non-ADHDer feels they have to take control or become responsible one in the relationship. One of the first things to go is the intimacy the couple once shared. 
Being cast in these new roles will diminish the sexual pull the couple felt as romantic partners courting each other. Another way to think about this is one partner will begin to feel like a constant nag while the other partner begins to feel constantly badgered. Neither one feels good in the role they feel they have been forced into. The situation that develops is no one's fault. The only fault would be if both partners were unwilling to realize that they each needed to make changes and modifications in their behaviors for the relationship to thrive. Most often, it is the non-ADHD or partner who calls me about coaching their spouse to improve the marriage or relationship. One of the first things I ask is if they want their ADHD spouse or partner to change some of his or her behaviors. The answer is always a big yes. Then I ask them the question that will decide if I take them on as clients. Are you willing to make changes in your behavior also? If I hear a yes, all systems are go. If I hear I don't need to make any changes, I am not the one with ADHD, all systems stop. I don't take them on as clients. Change is a catalyst for more change. If one person is changing their behavior and the other person isn't, there is no incentive to keep trying to change. There are additional challenges for ADHD couples. When one or both partners is affected by ADHD, there are challenges that just seem to crop up within the relationship. Some examples are poor memory, impulsivity, adjusting after the honeymoon, things like that. So I'm going to go over a few of those. Poor memory. People affected by ADHD have an especially poor memory for conversations, especially if the ADHD-affected person is doing something else during the conversation. The non-ADHD partner takes it personally that there is a conversation, that their, that their conversation is forgotten. If feels like you don't care is what they're thinking. In reality, it is the ADHD at work. The good news is that you can improve the odds that you will remember a conversation. Try these tips. Stop whatever you're doing when you're spoken to so that you can listen. Take notes that you can refer to in your cell phone, on your calendar, etc. Ask your partner to repeat what was said if you were not sure what you heard a moment ago. Reframe, meaning repeat back what was said by your partner to them in your own words then ask, did I get that right? Apologize when you mess up. Don't make excuses. Just say, I'm sorry, dear. I'll keep working on this. Remember, this isn't about how important you are to me in my life. Another issue is the impulsivity of ADHD. People with ADHD are often impulsive. This can manifest itself in purchases that are not planned or discussed as a couple. Honey! I got us a great deal in the house on my way home from work. Trust me, a little work and it'll be worth twice what we paid. Honey, while I was picking up the milk, I also picked up a new car. It's really sweet. Similar, unplanned, impulsive, or out-of-the-blue purchases can hurt couples a couple's relationship. A big financial expenditure may even put the couple in financial jeopardy. Keep in mind that the number one reason people get divorced is over money. Here are some approaches to dealing with impulsivity, yours and the other person's. Wait 24 hours and then go back to see if you still want to buy it. 
discuss making a rule that one person has to call the other before making any purchases or over the amount of X that you might have to buy it together if it's that amount of money. So let's say if it's purchases over $50 or over $100 that you have to go and purchase it together. Ask yourself these questions. Do we need this or just want this? Is there a place for it in at home? What will we get rid of in exchange for getting this? Can we afford this? Where else could the money go? Are we saving for something and is that more important than this? Another issue is adjusting after the honeymoon. A startling thing happens after getting married to those affected by ADHD. They change. If it is a man who has the ADHD, which statistically is more likely, he'll be Prince Charming during the courtship, every woman's dream. They will do exciting things together. He will be attentive. He is in hunter mode. The ADHD affective person is very stimulated during this part of the relationship. People affected by ADHD like novelty. So a new person in their life in a developing relationship is exciting. The unknown makes it attractive. Then the ADHD man or woman proposes, the couple marries, and things begin to change, usually within about a year. The charming person who swept the woman or man away begins to disappear, replaced by someone who is easily distracted, who gets wrapped up in new things and new ideas, and who is on the computer for long periods of time. The husband or wife forgets things that he or she is told. He or she is often late. He or she is impulsive. He or she makes decisions without consulting his wife or her husband or his husband or so forth. He or she may even have difficulty holding down a job. Mind you, I have been saying he or she, but these problems will also come up with she and she and he and he couples also. It is really about which one has the ADHD and the one not having the ADHD, or if they both have ADHD, who has the ADHD more severely than the other? These things were not apparent when they were courting. How can that be, and what can you do about it? People affected by ADHD can be adrenaline junkies. Once they have climbed Mount Everest, the high is over. It is not that they were being inauthentic prior to marriage or the first year of marriage, The charmer is a true part of them, but not the whole of them. It is the stimulated part. Once settled into marriage or living together, that type of partnership, they find it hard to keep that high going every day with regards to their spouse. In addition, other parts of their personality begin to appear that may not be as attractive. This can be incredibly shocking for the non-ADHD spouse. She thought she was marrying one man and feels she got another. She is dismayed. She feels rejected. The level of tension she is used to is gone. What has she done wrong? How can she fix it? Here is where the real work of the marriage comes in. The couple will need to work hard to keep their marriage stimulating. Additionally, they each will need to adjust to this new reality. She will have to learn it is not personal when he is distracted, and he will have to learn to be sensitive to her need for him to be fully present when they are talking. It will take vigilance on both their parts, but improvement is possible. ADHD and and marriage is hard, but it can be rewarding. One of the things you can do 
is planned spontaneity. I know that sounds wrong, but it's true. This may sound you know, contradictory, but planning spontaneity is important. Don't make a specific plan, but do schedule time for the two of you to do something special. This does not include staying in and watching TV, nor does it mean buying tickets in advance for, say, a play. This is a time to brainstorm as a team and come up with something new to do that is of interest or curiosity to both of you. No compromising by one to placating the other. You are a team solving an intriguing problem and then acting on it. Why is this important to do? Novelty is important to many people affected by ADHD. Plus, in most relationships, there is usually a leader and a follower. Joint activity levels the playing field so no one person is left, you know, doing all the bending. Another issue is dealing with finances. Like many people with ADHD, do you often pay late fees on your bills, even though you have the money to pay the bill at the time it is due? Have you gotten a ticket for not renewing your car registration on time, even though you can do it online and you were sent a reminder? You need help, especially if you're part of a couple, because usually one couple gets much more upset than the other about things like this. What you can do is automate some of these things, but some bills and obligations may not be regular enough or they require some scrutiny before being paid. But you don't, won't, or can't do it. Fortunately, you can find help. I suggest hiring a virtual assistant or also known as a VA. A VA is a virtual assistant you hire to take care of tasks for you. Generally, you pay VAs hourly. They either work independently or for a company. You can search online for a VA, or if you know someone who owns their own business, ask them if they use and can recommend a VA. One of the most common difficulties in de determining who is going to pay the bills, make appointments, and keeping track of things and registrations, all those things can have be done by the VA and take those battles away. Getting a VA may seem unnecessary, but it could save your relationship or marriage. Why? Because many couples affected by ADHD argue about chores. One of the most common difficulties is determining who is going to pay the bills, make appointments, and keep a track of filings and registrations. Having a VA take care of it not only takes away the battle, but also the power issues that surround those who manage the money day to day. The big decisions can still be made jointly the VA will just be directed on what to do. This reduces the possibility of the partner with ADHD acting impulsively or not at all. It also makes sure the non-ADHD partner doesn't become the caretaker and master of financial threads in the fabric of the partnership. So a really good thing to look at is bartering, trading, or hiring. Consider it bartering, trading, or hiring out things you dislike or have difficulty doing. I pay someone to do my taxes because I'm not good at doing taxes. That doesn't mean I live in ignorance about them or abdicate all responsibility. I carefully chose my accountant. I am responsible for getting the proper information to my accountant in a timely manner and have my taxes explained to me before I sign off on them. In all areas of your life, take full responsibility. It can free you from uncomfortable obligations and help you become independent and empowered. 
this may seem off topic, talking about things like bartering, trading, and hiring, but a major sticking point for couples is the chore wars. Any way to alleviate some of those issues can help a marriage or partnership. I want to also talk to you about couple coaching for people affected by ADHD. I coach ADHD couples all over the country, some in person and others over the phone. Sometimes I coach a couple, other times I coach a couple and do also individual coaching with each partner or one partner separately. Usually it is the ADHD affected partner who realizes the need for change from having heard it so many times from their non-ADHD partner. Sometimes it stems from threats such as, if you don't do something, I'm getting a divorce. The non-ADHD partner usually wants the ADHD partner to lose their negative ADHD characteristics, but remain the person they were originally attracted to. This can be problematic since sometimes ADHD characteristics were what attracted the partner in the first place. Surprisingly, it is not just the ADHD person who needs to adjust. As the saying goes, it takes two to tango. Both partners contribute to what is going on, so both of them need to make adjustments, not just the ADHD partner. This may be a shocker to the non-ADHD partner who can be as resistant to change as the ADHD partner is. Couples coaching is not the same as couples therapy. In coaching, every participant coaching the partners is considered an expert with a base of knowledge that contributes to solving problems. Unlike therapy, coaching does not deal with the psychological underpinnings of the relationship. Instead, it emphasizes working on behaviors such as changing communication styles and managing chores in a more equal way. ADHD coaching communicates an understanding of how symptoms of ADHD affect a relationship, and given those symptoms, finding strategies for improving the relationship. Well, that's it today about ADHD and romantic relationships. Like I said earlier, there is a cheat sheet for this podcast that can be found at abigailworf.com forward slash cheat sheet 027. abigailworf.com forward slash cheat sheet 027. The cheat sheet has a partial transcript of the major content from this podcast, plus a list of sites and books to support you and your issues related to ADHD and romance. Have a great week and be sure to check out next week's podcast on ADHD and our relationship to money. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Survive and Thrive, Managing Life with Adult ADHD. Come back next week for a new episode. For show notes and free stuff, go to abigailwerf.com.